At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Monday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick with you as always. On today's show, we're just talking about this rally this morning, this continuation rally. This morning, the crew stocks are in focus. They're probably trying to play catch up to the airlines and 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 the Hertz's and everything else that rallied last week. So we'll talk about this rally this morning here in the crew stocks. Uh, oil is in focus. We have a couple earnings uh, for the week, but not not really uh, not a big week on the earnings front here. Uh, Twitter. Caught some love this weekend in Barron's, and there was a report over the weekend that Gilead and AstraZeneca could potentially merge. That seems unlikely, but we'll talk about that. Our guest this morning is Anne-Marie Band. She is the uh, founder of the tradingbook.com. You can find her on Twitter at Anne-Marie Trades. Before I throw it to Joel, I want to remind everyone to check out Benzinger Pro. I'll put the link in the description or in the comments here. Uh, to a uh, free two-week trial and hit the like button on our video subscribe and that tells youtube that we are alive and well in their algorithm i will throw it to joel now throw to joel give us a quick recap here on the overnight session we were trying on the pre pre-market show to figure out when the last time we actually were, were down overnight was and I, I think you said we were down a little bit uh on a wednesday but it's really more the same here this morning as i'm trying to uh unmute you on zoom but maybe uh unmute yourself here because zoom's not letting me do that so i'm unmuted joel you're muted i don't know for some reason zoom is not letting me unmute joel it's very strange and i am unmuted good morning traders and investors from around the world welcome to another rally here in the s p 500 (laughs) futures you can't Unchanged. I mean, you just have to buy unchanged from now. You can't get it lower. You can't get it a lot lower. You can't get it near the daily pivot. Your close on Friday, 3186.75. Your low, three bucks below that, 3183 and a quarter. Potential double top here. 1050 was your high on Friday. 1150 is your high so far, but even I don't think that's going to hold up today. Crude snuck over $40, got to 40 44 cleared out those buy stops at 40 
now back down 42 cents at 39.10. Gold trying to reclaim 1700 down 14 and a half or up 14 and a half dollars at 16. 90.70. Silver trying to get back to 18, up 34 cents at 17.82. Bitcoin flat on the session, up $25 at $9,825. And let's bring in the world-renowned wow. national, international, world-known consultant who was in Barron's this weekend. Huh. I hope everyone saw it. I didn't even see it. No, I, I saw it. It actually was Thursday. I think it was. I saw it online, but I didn't see the print. You made it. You made it. You you made the. It's I made the, the big journal. time. You are big time. I do. Still... Big time. Steve Sears. Hey, we Steve's... have him on the show, so a little inside connection there. <laughs> I mean, like, when are you leaving us? I mean, when are you going to CNBC or Fox, <laughs> well, Fox News? Come on, Dennis. What do you? Uh, what are you gonna quit hanging out with us? You're I'm big here. time now. I'm here. You know what did what, what they say in Barons? They just uh, uh, he, just your tweet. He said, you know, he was just talking. the The column was about uh, the market, and you know, just how do you take advantage of just a market to go straight higher? And uh, he used your tweet where you know you uh, you buy the. You used to say buy the rip. Buy I used to say buy the dip and sell the rip. And, now and then last buy- week I tweeted out on Wednesday. Now it's buy the dip and buy the rip. And boy, that <laughs> Steve liked so- that. He actually reached out to me. Steve Sears, great. He reached out to me and said, "Can I use your tweet?" And I said, "Yeah, go for it." So I knew it was coming. So thank you, Steve. You're I've been reading Barons for I don't know thirty years, maybe. And uh, every week I look for someone I know. Well, there's a lot of people we know because we huh. have a lot of a lot of guests. And I was actually thinking of canceling it because. It's just kind of like a recap of our show from the week. I'm like, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, I knew that. But, you know, I like to read it. It's, you know, they a little bit forward looking. But the fact that you were in it, Dennis, man, I am not canceling my subscription. <laughs> so I'm it sticking works. with it. Yeah. And Steve I'm needs invite, a raise. And I'm going to invite Steve back on the show, too. I'm yeah. going to get oh, yeah, him he's on getting soon. back. He's getting back on. He invites you, us into Barron's. We invite him on to the show exactly so, and anyway, right. the market is this it's it's so like the tweet was timely obviously that's what i would turn to in the last three days they just can't stop buying no matter what like you were saying even in the introduction i mean we get a pullback of anything and they're buying it here now it's not with all stocks it's still the wicked rotation technology completely out of favor qqq is lagging and apple saved the day pretty much on friday with apple breaking out but if you look qqq the net the, the tech stocks the growth tech has definitely lagged you know we saw stocks like peloton had a rough day on friday stocks like the gamers had a rough day on friday again it turned a little bit midday so that it didn't look so bad for the gamers didn't look so bad for those stay-at-home plays and obviously we know we talked about that it wasn't really a great day for the banks and the airlines because they fell significantly off the highs i mean ual if you want to bring up that airline, was trading at 48.9, opened right at the opening tick, 48.95. That we one did. selling that opening. And it went straight down from the opening. So now you're getting the bounce. Now you still got the people that are saying, okay, I got to get in now. I, th- I still think, I said this on the Friday afternoon show, which I've never been on before, but I think I said if we come in and we get a bounce on Monday morning, I think the airlines are to be sold and, they, and the banks to be sold in that bounce. So I'm going to stick with that. Um, we're getting a nice bounce in all those things. I think the highs are still in. Again, it's hard to call the top, so they take it out to take it out. But if I was going short, I would lean on Friday's highs in a lot of these things because you're going to get a test. 
you know, here's AAL up almost two bucks here again this morning. It's still $2 off of Friday's high, but you could get a test of those highs on some of these issues. And that would be interesting. Like Wells Fargo, for instance, again, the banks very strong on Friday at the open, but then turned around and turned weak. We only 70 cents from Friday's high. So I got to think Friday's high plays a little bit of defense there, a little bit of resistance. Let's see what happens with a stock like Wells Fargo. I mean, look at the WFC chart, Joel. It coincides. Look at this. Look at this too, which I didn't even notice. Look at where WFC opened on Friday and look at the high back in April. Joel's going to lick his oh, chops yeah, on yeah, that one. Yep, I did. Um, oh, yep. Let's see here. Your high on Friday, 33.89. Your high on that day, 33.91. Also with perfect the, um, double top. Yeah, perfect double top there. Uh, not back, you know, up there this morning, 34. You know, maybe there's like a gazillion to sell at 34, right? A uh, big whole number like that, 10 bucks off the low. Uh, American Airlines, uh, I talked about that 22.48. It got through it by a little bit. So if you shorted that when we, we talked about it, it went to 22.80. Sellers came in, filled the gap. But, yeah, real interesting day for the, uh, for the airlines to see if they can get back up. But, like, with this CCL, I mean, we can go to those stocks if you want. <laughs> Friday high. They're, they're be, taking them out. Yeah. Is it going to be support? You're hoping but, you get this thing back at 23. Yeah. I mean, the, the, to come in here and say the top is in, in this market, I still am saying the overall market's going to go to all-time highs. I just feel like it's overdone and buying the, the trash. I think eventually some of that money will move back into uh, some of the stocks that, you know, that led the charge before. So, you know, it, it's tricky. It's very tricky to call a rotation day to day. It's very tricky to be shorting this market. I mean, to short anything flat out without having something else to hedge it with is really hard because this market just wants to go higher. The market wants to go to all time highs. I've been saying that since 295 spy. I'm going to continue to say it. You got to buy the pullbacks here because if there is any pullbacks, there will be some eventually here. But there's so many underinvested money managers. There's no immediate threat. Yes, we're seeing the COVID numbers climb a little bit in some of these states. But for the most part, we already know this market is comfortable with up to 2,000 deaths a day. And we're significantly off that total now. So this market will be comfortable for a while, even if the COVID numbers start to creep up. Now, if we start to get spikes and talk of a second lockdown, that's where you see the market really start to get hit. But until we start to hear talks, about a second lockdown, I think the market still, uh, the bulls are in complete control. Yeah, you get the uh, cruise lines uh, pulling their weight today. You get uh, oil stocks, the oil patches heating up today, right? Um, also, holy macro. Do you, did you look at Ford's? Oh, it's just taken off. It's almost, a, yeah, it's up another 30. It's right back to where it was before the crisis because everybody's yeah. going out and buying a car. Uh, well, I talked to uh, my older daughter, uh, Dana who works for uh, Cadillac and she does their uh, digital advertising and, you know, they talk to dealers different that they can't keep up. Like these dealerships are just swamped, you know, because people are like, I needed a new car. I needed a new car. And now boom, everyone's going in there. I mean, it's making up for lost time there, but I I don't see that. I I don't know if that's selective perception or not, but I can't see with the unemployment rate as high as it is. I can't see people, you know, jumping in to go buy cars. What? I think that I think it's all about the low bar. I don't think there's, you know, a case here where Ford's going to just be killing it. I don't think they have to kill it. They just have to beat that low, low bar, which is so absolutely low. 
So, you know, maybe on the high end stuff, maybe there's some rich people that got richer with the markets going and buying cars. Hell Cadillac yeah. is, Everyone's home Cadillac is a very high end car. Maybe that bodes right. well for Tesla too. But yeah. you got to think there's complete separation between Main Street and Wall Street here. So I don't think it's a case where Ford and GM are all of a sudden going to have super record high numbers because we're coming out of COVID. Perception. Uh, uh, what are your thoughts here, Spencer? You're quiet in the background. I mean, I think there's a lot of people really hurting. I think it's a it's it's a bit of both things. I think maybe you're both right. So there probably is pent up demand for new cars, right? People couldn't people literally could not buy new cars even if they wanted to for the past few months. So there's definitely some pent up demand. Uh, how long that pent up demand lasts for is a is a separate issue, right? Uh, because Dennis is right. People are hurting. Um, so I would be curious what Dana says, Joel, a month from now, right? I mean, it's Cadillac too. People who are buying a Cadillac yeah. can are, are always going to. They're never. These aren't the people that are unemployed. So it's a high end car. So I think your high end car market bounces back quicker than you know your economy Ford Focus. So again, though, the stocks are rallying because the bar is so bloody low. There you go. Yep. That. It's going, if they see any, you know, we, we've seen in, the way they spin it. We've already talked about the way they've been spinning everything. I mean, Uber, the way they were spinning it and saying, yeah, you know, we're here up. we are. And sales were up, you know, 80% from where we were. I don't know what the numbers were, but, you know, they were looking at April to May sales and they were way higher. Well, of course they were because April was down 93%. So when you're only going up 80% from the month before, you're still way off from where you were. Even the way they spun that jobs number in the media. So let's say, okay, so, okay. yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, Dennis, because I, I did want to bring that up. Yeah, bring uh, it up. So the, the BLS, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, I guess there was, a, there was a big note, a significant note at the bottom of that jobs report uh, last week. And essentially, uh, the note said that the BLS made a, a, an error, a survey error, yes. in, the, in the way they, they took the survey. And had this error not been, had, had it not been made, the real unemployment rate uh, would have been three percentage points higher. So they misclassified a number of workers, um, and it, it made the data seem better than it than it was in reality. But this market doesn't read footnotes or care about footnotes, and it's, no. and how how do we know that's not even intentional that they they spin the data that way and put the footnotes saying, oh, the number will, the market will love this number, this top line number, because all the algos do is read the top line number, and they ripped it on that jobs number. Yeah, They're like holy cow, it's over. You know, we got all these jobs coming back. But even if you took the numbers at face value, we lost 20 million jobs or whatever the month before, right? So we got 2 million back. Doesn't that mean we're still down 18 mil? Isn't that the math? (laughs) Am I not right with that math or am I wrong? I'm not an economist, a stock (laughs) trader. But a 20 plus, you know, minus 20 plus 2, the way they taught me back in grade one math, (laughs) when I take a minus 20 and then I go plus 2, I still minus 18. Okay. Yes. I, I think, I think it just speaks to the fact of how hard it is to collect data in real time in this kind of, in, in, in this environment. It's, it's right? all just, it's, it's really hard. What was that from uh what's that line? Help me out chat from, um, uh, oh no, no, it's too early in the morning for me. But uh, when Matthew McConaughey sitting there with Leonardo DiCaprio and the opening scene of, you know, the money of Wolf of Wall Street, and they're sitting there at the diner 
and he's like people don't know whether it's going nobody knows whether it's going up or down it's uh and he uses his hands and he says something what was it do you remember that line joel no all, all, I, market. all, all I remember movie? is the all i remember is the the, the, pound, Street. the, the pounding uh, of the chest Dennis, the pounding, the pounding of the chest. Of the chest. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Uh, on that note, somebody in the chat's going to know what he called it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. On but that anyways, note, he's like nobody knows where you know. Really, you know, anybody calling this market, you know, like I'm trying, I'm going to call it, you know, like it's going up long term. But you know, the path to where it gets there, it's it's difficult. There's going to be a fugazi. He said it's a Fugazi. <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> that Matthew McConaughey scene, oh, the seven geez. minutes in that movie, you guys. like he he rocked it, man. You no, guys. That was good. That was good. Matthew, Wait. if you're listening, you rock that opening Fugazi, scene. Fugazi, I can rewatch that again and again and again. Oh my gosh, you guys. <laughs> Dennis, what Nobody you... knows, and if you make money, then we give you another good idea. <laughs> Dennis, why do you assume that everyone listens to the show? Matthew McConaughey, if you're listening, he's not listening. Uh... <laughs> 4,000 people listen on Friday. Maybe Matthew's one of them. Let's bring they, on, wait, a lot of people are tuning in because they saw Dad's name in Barons too. So that's true. you know, that's did true. you guys, did you crank up the did you crank up the servers uh, in order to handle the? Yeah, extra we got traffic? backup servers. Now. Yeah. All right, I'm bringing our guest in now, Anne Marie Band. She's uh, the author of the TradingBook.com. You can find her on Twitter at Anne Marie Trades. Anne Marie, uh, good morning. Good morning, everyone. How are you? We're we're pretty lively for a Monday morning. I have to, yes, I, I have to say, Fergazi. <laughs> how do you say that word? Fergozi? Fergazi? Fergazi. <laughs> did you watch The Wolf of Wall Street? I did not. Oh, I, I know. Just watch the first ten minutes with Leonardo uh, DiCaprio and Matthew uh, McConaughey. That's the best part of the movie. That, actually, I have seen that clip. That clip is. He rocked that clip. I saw that on on a YouTube. It, gives, it makes you feel like Wall Street's all a bunch of you know. Well, anyways, we won't say. It. <laughs> <laughs> There's How are you doing segment. this morning? I am doing really well. I've been listening to you gents talk about what's uh, going on in the space. And what I wanted to ask you is, have you perused the uh, 100 most popular stocks on Robinhood? I saw it this I, weekend. I have. Week. Okay. So if you look there, you can absolutely see why these things are moving. The number one uh, on the list is Ford. And then uh, it's been very interesting to me to see when something gets into a resistance zone, I look at this Robinhood list and I'll go, all right. How do we find that? How do we um, find that list? I'm not a Robinhood client. How do we find I'm that not list? either. So I went to Robinhood.com. I'm going forward slash collections. <laughs> collections it, sounds like, I'm, <laughs> sounds like I'm, my, my account's merged out here. Here, I, I, here, here yeah. Dennis, I'll, I'll put the link in, in the chats. So yeah. Robinhood.com collections. Here, no, yes. No, I'll, put the, I'll put the link in the chats. Here's the Thank link. Thank you yeah. very much, Spencer. That's great. Yeah. And so what this particular one will do, it'll tell you how many people, what percentage of them are buying what, their popularity rating is and you can see how things are moving up and you can really see they just came in and said what's cheap that we can afford and they went Ford they went GE they went all the airlines they um they picked up carnival traders are pretty smart <laughs> yeah you know that's what I was I put in a tweet maybe on Thursday or maybe it was Friday I'm inclined to believe 
that the less experience you have, the easier this market is to trade. And somebody said, wow, that sounds like an excuse. And it might have been. <laughs> there's some truth to that right now, though. Exactly. I tell you, there's some truth. 100%. Henry's speaking the truth here this morning. <laughs> Amen. It's really true, you know, because we don't, if you don't know what you don't know, and you look at something and you go, hey, that's going up. And I've heard of that company and they vote, they're around everywhere. I'm just going to buy. Yeah. And we are in this tsunami of free money that keeps moving up and up and up and up. I did a Fibonacci retracement on the SVX and it looks like we'll pretty much come into that region where we had that first break it looks like, let me see what that number is. It's an 88.6 Fibonacci retracement, literally on the nose. It's 33.90. And it was the first real solid break. I, I've called that one the COVID-1 break because we had two of them, right? We had the first break and then everybody yep. was saying, oh, it's not going to be so bad. And then, you know, the wheels came off the bus. And so that is that edge but literally, you know, you can't, I look for, my thought is always, hey, can I find value? Where's the value in the, where's the value in the trade? Because I'm always looking to sort of cap my risk. Yeah. And it is so hard to say, wait for a pullback, because literally, if you put the tiniest moving average, like a, a five or a six, something like that it will it's still hugging the line it can't so, even pull back i even know beyond exactly. be through that exactly exactly and yeah. so the pullbacks have been tough like i, I was so, saying i tweeted know, out last wednesday we went buy, from buy buy the dip and or, or buy the dip and sell the rip to buy the dip and buy the rip i mean they're just buying mm -hmm. it can't stop it's like crack it's just like i gotta yeah. buy i gotta buy and then overnight we heard japan uh has literally the worst place it's been since World War II, and everybody's still cresting up. Everybody's still holding up. So the the I heard a thought. I've no way no way to validate it. It said that a lot of the folks who had the double whammy of getting um, the stimulus check, collecting unemployment, and uh, potentially uh, still collecting a paycheck, have all this cash that they're thinking to themselves, I need to do something, so I'm going to uh, play in the stock market. And so there's been like record executions on the Thinkorswim platform, like uh, I think 13, 13 million executions yep. and so there's just a lot of people dipping their toes in and so we can listen we we know it all we've been around for you know we're as old as the rocks around here so we really know what happens when things get like this and there's this immense fever buying the question is you know is it different this time because we've opened this monetary floodgate of we'll buy whatever it takes? And 
you know, the Fed is sort of that put protection or whatever it is that holds the bottom. It really does bring to mind the thought of, well, maybe it is different and who knows when the levy is going to break. I mean, if you consider negative interest rates for a second, I'm not saying the Fed's going to go negative. They said they're not interested at this time, but they haven't ruled it out either. Mm -hmm. But if you consider negative interest rates and all of a sudden you're sitting with cash in your account and this is happening in Europe and you have cash in your account and you get a bill for having that cash sitting in your account. Exactly. This is like I've got to own something. And yes. then you start valuing stocks against negative interest rates, you know, put your CFA hat on and start applying, you know, negative interest rates into valuation and you can't even figure it out. So because, you know, if, it, you know, if you're saying interest rates are 2%, well, money will double if you do the rule of 72 every 36 years. So, you know, you can look and say, okay, well, stocks are worth a hell of a lot more than, yes. you know, a 25 multiple. But if you go negative interest rates are worth even a lot more than that. So, you can put your valuation hat on. If you consider that rates could stay low for a long time or forever, mm-hmm. or at least, you know, or even potentially go negative, then you say, well, you know what? We're looking at the S&Ps at 24, 25 multiple here, and it's Gee. not that expensive. Exactly. Exactly. And I think you've built the argument right there for new all-time highs. And I've been arguing it for about three weeks. I finally threw in the <laughs> towel on the COVID short theory about two and a half weeks ago. I made a bet with Joel. I don't know what the bet was. We never officially made the bet. I, I would have won that bet. But anyways, no, I was like, I think we're actually, going all time. We're 295 spy that day. And I'm like, you know what? We've just been holding up too long. It's shrugging off all the bad news. I've yeah. been in the camp that, you know, I think, you know, this COVID thing is going to get ugly again. I still think COVID's going to get ugly again. But I think we're hitting new all-time highs before the COVID thing gets ugly again. Because I yeah. think the COVID thing doesn't get ugly until September. Well, well I, this is my I, thoughts. That's my thoughts. I do. I do suspect we are going to have new all-time highs because you're exactly right. You've built the absolute argument for where are you going to go for yield if you're not getting it in the absolute safest places, and they're actually charging you to keep your money. So, yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to keep pouring in here, and I'd love to see some shallow healthy fades because literally i feel like i'm on a 50 foot unicycle every time i get on and get in any particular position because it always feels like it's going to tip to me because i've never seen movement like this i've never seen i am looking at a daily chart on the e-minis yeah and i can see literally a month of candlesticks, a month and a half of candlesticks almost, where every day, if I touch the five exponential moving average, I blow right up above it as soon as I'm down below it and everybody takes the bid. It's uh, been relentless. Like somebody asked me this on Thursday or Friday, have you ever seen a market like this? And I have, but this relentless buying of stocks of companies, because even back during the tech bubble, and you know, I started trading professionally in 1999, but I traded retail from 97, 98. And uh, even during the tech bubble, there was, you know, there was a lot of buying and it was, you know, crazy valuations and it was a lot crazier valuations than this, but they were buying companies because they were growing. In this case, they're buying companies even when they're dying. I mean, you look at Hertz. 
Hertz is bankrupt. The stock in the last four sessions has went up like 300%. It's bankrupt. So I don't know what people think they're buying. And maybe they think there's going to be something left for shareholders. But I think it's just on hope. I mean, WLL, same thing on Friday. Look at WLL in the last two days. Whiting Petroleum is bankrupt, folks. And they bought the stock from 80 cents up to $1.90. It's up 100%. So if you're shorting stocks, hoping for the bankrupt stock to go to zero, you are getting absolutely punished. CHK, which I don't know if they ever announced officially, but Just same speak, story. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they're you know, rumored to be going bankrupt, but they haven't officially announced it. Um, $12 on Thursday is now $44. Yeah. So they're buying companies that are even bankrupt. They are so hungry for anything. They have thrown fundamental analysis really out the window. I yep. mean, you can look at the overall S&P and say it's not expensive at 25. But some of these individual companies, to be coming and putting good money into a bankrupt company means you don't care anything about fundamentals at this point in time. Absolutely. And you know, the hedge funds who, who buy good services that talk about these fundamentals and have said, hey, listen, you're going to have to have some short action ready. They are, so many of them are, short and they're driving you you can see all the dynamic hedging going through the day right they're they're trying to have this negative thought process about well see earnings really do matter performance really does matter and when the rubber hits the road these things are going to rotate over and you can see tons of dynamic hedging where as soon as the levels break in the ES or the NQ or wherever they start having to buy it and it just is lit for me you said you had seen it back when when you'd seen things grow i've never seen market action that looked like this there's literally they're retracing some of their edges but particularly friday i was just i had to laugh i literally i started laughing when i saw when I saw it bounce up into, you know, prior weekly closes, I'm like, this is flat out bonkers. It is. It's, it's no fear. Zero that's fear it. in this market. That's it. Zero and that, fear. That's exactly right. And the only ones who don't fear are really the ones who are, I call it the Forrest Gump trade. And so this is what happened to me a couple of weeks ago. I thought, you know what? I'm overthinking this thing. And so last week I said, hey, we're going to institute the Forrest Gump trade. And it is simple as, simple as as simple does. Yeah. If it breaks yeah. the high of the prior day, you know more buying is going to come in at the first pullback. If it pulls back and dips just below the close of the prior day, look for support to open up because it's going to come and you're just going to buy. The close, and just I know. I know the club. I've, I've yeah. been trying to. I overnight the last couple of nights. I've been ah. I'm gonna get this a little bit. You know, you can usually get you know a decent amount under the close, and I'm like, they're just laughing at the close. Is like, yep, is, that's it. Yeah, it's lying in the sand, and they go, really oh, here it up. is. Yeah, yep. no, no yep. double bottoms. No, yeah, you know, no buying the overnight low. Just yeah close so you know for me as a as somebody who's always looking for the dynamic that says wait why might this be happening the only thing that i can come to is that there is a sense that no matter what the fed's going to save the day yeah 
They're going to throw in enough money and they're going to throw in enough whatever, throw in enough stuff from the fiscal space for the government and then the Fed's going to hold everything on the bottom. It's sort of like what Powell said at that interview he had on 60 Minutes, I think. Hey, listen, just so long as the government helps with programs to support uh, the individual, we have an unlimited resource of what we can do for the markets. And, you know, you listen to it and went, oh, well, everybody thinks they're going to save the day. And so for me, again, it's one foot in front of the other. And I'm not thinking it, overthinking it too much. And I'm all the risk is elevated to me. All the risk feels elevated. But it's a place that you have to play if you want to play. You have to play in the elevated risk or Real else you don't get to play. Short. <laughs> yeah. It's been real tough. You know, like you think, okay, maybe some of the actual companies that are doing well, like the gamers, those have been good shorts, but <laughs> they like the companies that aren't doing well in this market. The company's losing yeah. money. <laughs> we are seeing that that rotation though for wicked. the NQ. Yeah. Yeah. And and again, even this morning, we're seeing the same rotation where they're buying up the airlines, they're buying up the banks. And if you look this morning, you've got the tech stocks that are trading down. I mean, the QQQ is in the red here this morning. Yep. So quietly in the red. That. They don't want to own tech right now. So it's been the rotation away from the trade that they were in for the last few weeks, last few two months, really. And they're moving into, and even though the QQQs did make all-time highs, yeah. it's very much underperforming the IWM in the last week and a half, two weeks, because it's all about these smaller companies rotation, that yep. you know, are playing catch-up to where the QQQs had already been. So it's the catch-up trade, really. Um, the question is, at the end of the day, who's going to be victorious here going forward. You know, I would say I'm more of a, if I was a long-term investor and you're getting some good pull, pull, pullbacks and some of these good tech companies, I think I'd rather own them for the next 10 years than owning some exactly. of these broken companies. Exactly. So as an investor, I kind of lick my chops at a few of these, you know, tech companies that are getting thrown away now. And, you know, I've talked about a few of them, like I already own some of the gamers, but video gaming isn't going away. Take two had a right. significant pullback on Friday. It's pulling back here again this morning. I own it already. But there's some opportunities as an investor to, you know, buy some pretty okay companies here that are pulling back. Absolutely. I, I think so as well. I, I really, really do. You know, I'm a big fan of Roku and I have been, and it had, you know, this was one of the ones where I thought, Hey, you know, this one's gonna, it's gonna do all right, but it has had a terrible fade coming into the 100 area. So I yeah. have that, I have a, a short put spread there for um, 95 to 100. So today is going to be an interesting day because as you can see that gap right there, thank you so much, Spencer, for putting that up. That 100 mark is kind of a big deal. And it came really down into there and held it, but it's really going to have to have a push in order to keep it up over that edge or, you know, my goose is cooked from that, uh, short put spread because I I, uh, I just did feel like it was going to do, you know, a little pulling back, but not that much. It's... The stay at home stocks, and this is a classic stay at home stock, is yes. completely out of favor right now. Absolutely. I mean, even Netflix, you can look at Netflix <laughs> for some indicators here. Uh, again, on Friday, we saw this trade reverse a little bit around 10, 10, 30. Just after the open, we saw some of these stocks like Netflix catch a bid. 
Shopify turned around and started catching DocuSign. a bit from the lows. Yep. DocuSign. You started seeing it reverse and you saw a lot of money rotating out. That rotation tried to come off a bit, but then again, the same story just came back in towards the close going the other way and then mm -hmm. the overnight move has been there i'm a little bit challenged that's why i think you know they started to show life on friday some of these stocks the stay-at-home ones that have been beat up mm -hmm. you know for the last few days so maybe you know you see a turn here today but it's tough to call these turns so like you were saying Marie, you know you're not getting any type of a pullback you get even a slight pullback in some of these value or, you know some of these you know I don't know what you want to call them i guess the go you know the going out stocks mm -hmm. the, the non-stay-at-home plays yeah. Um, anytime you get any type of a pullback that's bought. So it, well, it's tough. Speaking of the non-staying-at-home plays, the, the trade last week that flabbergasted me were the REITs. What the heck? Take a look at Simon Property Group. SPG2. Yeah, crazy move. Holy cow. Yeah, this is an airline reopening, full reopening play here. And they're hungry for it. And look at it again this morning. It's up another seven bucks. But but we weren't going to the malls in the first place. No, we weren't. <laughs> no, and they still – who bought TCO? Was it Simon that bought TCO? I yeah. Forget. Yep. Simon yep. that's in TCO? Yeah, yeah. Simon bought TCO. But there's a lot of these, you know, and you look at – and obviously we've had ADC, the CEO on the show, and they've got, you know, a little bit more stable customer base. That's why maybe why that one's held up so well. They've got a lot of Home Depots. Their client base is awesome. Walmart. Yep. But, the, but, the, but the, you're right. The malls were in trouble before this started. So now we've decided the malls are going to come back better than ever? Yeah. I mean, I... The lot, there's no logic going into this market. Um, Absolutely. But again – Again, I mean, I'm not going to fight the tape right now. Like you said, from the technicals, just throw fundamentals out the window. Just use your technical analysis. These things yeah, are breaking this, out. Yeah, you know, tough, walk tough. up the yeah, walk up the moving average. It it truly is the Forrest Gump trait. It's the only thing I have to think about it and I have to go listen. Just imagine if you were five years old and somebody said to you, "Follow the road." What's it going to look like? You know, for those people trying to catch tops going, no, this has got to be it. I've gone to cash, waiting for my shorts. Listen, I feel that. I do. I feel that desire there. But nothing in the market is giving you any kind of heads up. And the thing is, even if we do shake and we have a deep fade, the first thing that's going to happen is buyers are going to come in. They're going to pick that up, and then if it can't break north, that will tell the tale. But until that happens, it's all she wrote to the upside. This right. list, I just want to go back, and then anyone can let you go, but I just want to ask you about this Robin Hood list. I'm just, you know, because I, I just saw this over the weekend. I never put any thought into it, but this is just looks like classic chasing, right? Like exactly. this is just – what, what's moving? I mean, if you think about, you know, what I started back in, you know, professionally in 1999 and I talked, you know, I talked about, you know, the story of like learning to trade and I did the same thing. I see something moving, I jump on the train and then all of a sudden it turns and goes the other way. I mean, the train jumping and the chasing has worked here right now and has yes. worked very, very well. But overall, I feel like, you know, in my 20 years career, and I'm going to ask you this question in a second, Marie, is usually when you chase it's not a strategy to make money in the long run. It might no. work a couple of times. It works here. It works there. Right now, chasing is flat out working. It's yes. flat out working. 
Um, I've never seen chasing work for a prolonged period of time, though. So I don't wonder that when you look at this, okay, every retail trader of Robinhood is focused on all these stocks that are going up 20% a day because why in the hell are we going to go on the stock that's going down? We want to go on the exactly. stock that's going up. Exactly. But what happens, you know, when, you know, this, is, this comes unrailed, which it inevitably will at some yes. point in time, I don't know when. Um, this money is all going to look for the floodgates as it starts to, they, whoa, I can lose money in the stock market. I didn't know I could lose money in the stock market. If you open an account in Robinhood in the last two and a half months, you probably didn't oh. even get it open because it takes time to open stuff, get your stimulus checks. All of a sudden, you know, you're opening your, your account late March and you're thinking, man, this day trading is the easiest thing I've ever done in my life. I'm quitting my job and I'm going to become a full-time day trader because, and you know, if you're a long biased and we know 90% of retail is just going long. Um, that you, you're going to be winning no matter what. All of those traders are going to be up because the markets went straight up since March. But what happens when you start to get, you know, in a different environment? That's my question to you is, do you see chasing as a long-term viable strategy? Well, you know, long-term, I'm going to say that whatever long-term happens to be, the answer there is no. My thought is what I am looking for is, listen, over the last two days, this is how I've been sort of focusing on everything. Over the last two prior days, we'll have a high and we'll have a low off of those two days. If I break the high, any kind of pullback below that area is going to give me a buy zone. And if I lose the low of the second day, I've got a problem. And so it's moved into something that is buy it support, sell it resistance, wait for it to come back. And if that resistance excuse me, if that support is only five cents below the close of the prior day, then, you know, I take it, my risk widens up and I go again, but I cannot buy and hold here. It is not my nature. I've got almost 20 years telling me you better not buy and hold when things are going straight up. And I cannot I'm the old dog that I can't teach myself any new tricks to right now. And so I will buy at these levels and I will sell higher. And then I will buy at a little bit higher than the last time I bought. Yes, it's more execution, but it's all free anyway, which is also driving this motion of, oh my gosh, I got to get in and, and stay there. But it is your premise. You broke it perfectly down in three or four sentences. The reason this market is going to all-time highs is because there's nowhere else on earth, literally across all global markets, that's going to deliver upshot like the U.S. stock market. There's no place else. Uh, Anne-Marie, you've been out with us for almost a half hour here. We oh. appreciate it. Uh, no, uh, one more thing before I let you go. Are you sticking with CyberArk here? I am. I like the whole yeah. bit. And I picked up, also I picked up CrowdStrike on okay. uh, that last bit. But yes, listen, if any kind of dips, new place to buy. There you go. And any you know kind what? Of You're dips, getting a dip in some buy. of these tech stocks. Exactly. Like CyberArk. I own CyberArk already. CrowdStrike. I mean, you got to consider valuation to a certain extent in your long-term portfolio, but as a trade, and I think Amory's talking trading here, 
Yes. The dips in tech are very attractive here. Don't worry about valuation. You don't have to worry about valuation in the short term. You have to worry about if you're throwing your long-term investment portfolio. But if you're in this for the trades, the trend is still up on a lot of these, even you know, the cloud plays. We've had so many of these cloud plays that have actually pulled back here in the last few days because they've now moved into these other stocks. That rotation will rotate again. You start to see some life in those stocks. It might be a time that the it might be a tell that the, the rotation is going to start to move back to those tech names. So I think the rotation eventually comes back into some of these growth tech names. Absolutely, totally right. agree. And, Thanks, Anne Marie. Yeah, Anne Marie Van is the author of thetradingbook.com. You can find her on Twitter at Anne Marie Trades. Thank you so much for the Thanks, time, Anne Marie. All right. Bye bye. All right, eight. Wow, she was on with us for a head. She was, calms me down. That was fantastic. Too, oh, good. she's she's because uh, uh, I get so wound up, and Anne Marie's my calming voice. You know, even when I'm in a trade, I hear my Anne Marie voice there, and she calms me down because we know I'm <laughs> hyper. So it's good for me. So it's, it's almost therapeutic no therapy. to have Anne Marie on the show for myself. So thank you, Anne Marie, <laughs> for your calming voice and to rationalize it in such a clear and concise manner. Like she's very clear. It's the reason she's been in the business for 20 years successfully there. Because she, you know, she goes with the flow and she knows, same way, you know, you're looking at these things. She's got some of these trades on and you've got to be on the long side, but you got a tight leash. And, you know, if you have a tight leash, you've been okay. But eventually these trades will come off and they'll come off ugly, just like the, you know, the airlines. And you can say how well they've been. But I mean, you know, if you were jumping the airlines Friday morning and chasing, you're now looking at, you know, yep. AAL 22 and you've seen the market go straight up for two days and you're wondering, how in the hell am I down in this American Airlines? Well, that was a big chase there that you put on. It just got a little bit silly. So can it consolidate and go higher? It can. That's the best but, thing it needs. But I like the consolidation and go higher on stocks that are doing well and not stocks or companies that are doing well and not companies that are doing poorly. I feel like this is a short squeeze from hell and all of these you know, companies that are not doing very well right now. I mean, who was the CEO that was on on Friday on CNBC that I was talking about? I forget now. Expedia. It wasn't the CEO, but it was, it was one of the directors. It was Barry, Barry Diller, right? Yeah. And he's yeah. calling a spade a spade. And he's like, our revenues are down 80% here. 80%, he was saying, Expedia. And he's like, you know, the, the stocks come back and everything's come back. But he's like, you know, we got a long ways to go. You know, this is coming from the company, you know, saying that. And one of the directors Very saying, we've got a long ways are. to go, but brutally honest. Instead of you know, the spins that some of these other companies are putting on saying, oh, our sales are up 70% from where they were in April. Bye, bye, bye. China almost pumped their stocks up as you see these Edgar filings. And you're watching you know, the SEC filings. Have you been watching it, Spencer? Do you see how many bloody sales are coming through and not very many buys? Because I watch those things all the time in my Benzinga Pro. And you can show you know, the, the, you know, people how to do it if you want. But you know, we, I watch those filings. And every night you just see people selling stock and selling stock and selling stock and you're just like uh, and i've watched these for years i tell you right now there seems to be maybe selective perception on my part but there seems to be so many more insider sells here right now we're talking about you know directors that have to file two days after they sell and there seems to be so many more sells than buys right now there always is a little more sells than buys because people like got to sell to live so there's always more sells than buys but right now it just seems like ridiculous so I, I'm very scared for the investor that's coming in here right now and saying, okay, I got to buy American Airlines and I got to buy, you know, Hertz because I know Hertz is going to come back. I mean, put good money in good companies. This is the investing hub. Put good money in good companies that are on good, solid ground. You go into these other ones, it's been working really well, the chase game. Maybe it continues to work, but my money, you know, is still going to, you know, some on the pullbacks that I'm looking to buy, I'm looking to buy companies that are still growing. 
I just want to real quick take that uh, take this opportunity since you mentioned it, Dennis, just to walk you through how to find that how to find that info in Pro. It's super easy. So this is the Pro here up on the screen. I just go to a news feed. Yeah. And just change, and it's blown up so you can see it easier. Hopefully, uh, sources, yeah. SEC filings, and press releases, and I'm going to check that. But uh, you can see here, and then now there's a lot. Oh, and, there's so and, many files. And they, and they come and time. they come through five, ten every second. So uh, especially on, on on the hour and every fifteen minutes. So. Yeah, on the hour and the fifteen minutes. Otherwise, yeah. you can follow it. You can kind of follow. Sure, it. but you you can like search for any ticker here, and you could just say here, like I, I wonder what. The filings have been like an apple here and you can take a look uh these are also prs you can get rid of that but that's that's how easy it is to just find that stuff in pro so and and, and when you see form fours uh and that that type of thing can you explain like uh, or maybe we should bring the brentster on sometime just to explain you know all the differences like i know the basics i'm you know and, and i obviously know what i'm looking for but you know there's some of these forms coming in that you know i don't even look at either i'm always looking for you know, is there, you know, some buying, you know, when you see the sellers, they don't care, especially in this market right now, they just don't care. So you see a big and, you know, a big director sell, they're not going to knock the stock down on that for the most part, because they just don't care. Unless it was Moderna, because they were looking for it. I mean, they just don't care about the sales. But when you see a big director coming to buy, they will push it higher. So it just... Uh, just for yeah so a form four is what everybody has to every insider has to file a form for if they're going to change their stake in the company if they're going to buy if they're going to sell they have some to of those are planned sales too like estate right. sales right. and yes. taxes and yep. things like that so you gotta you gotta you know they just have to sell you know right. just because they have to sell to live or, i mean a lot of these directors have a lot of their money in the, so they're going to sell regularly you know you see zuckerberg come in and sell stock and he's, you know, so he's doesn't mean he's bearish his company. So. Right. So he's, asset allocation, reallocation. Yeah, and, and, you know, some of these people are donating money. They're doing different things, too. Some of it's for good reasons. It's not always just because they got to go buy a bigger house. You know, in some cases it is. But, you know, there's lots of reasons to sell. Kramer says it best. We'll give Kramer some props. He says there's lots of reasons to sell a stock, but there's only one reason to buy it. And if you're buying the stock, you think it's going higher. So that's why, you know, the buys are always the focus there. But uh, just from my selective perception, but my point was being that I'm seeing a lot of director sells in a lot of stocks that you're like, oh, they've had huge runs. I mean, here on Friday or on yeah, like let's give work, an example. I want to show an that. example. Go to Slack. Go to Slack. W-O-R-K. Bring up Slack. Stock had an incredible run. And not saying that these people knew, but they're directors in the company. Maybe they didn't know. But bring up and show, you know, what was happening before the earnings report. So two or three days before the earnings report, you had some significant, this actually just filed on Friday, but you got to go back to the two days late, right? Because they file and they, 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 yeah, two, they exactly. have two days to file. So you're always looking at a two day delayed from what they did. But I mean, here you go. So you got Andrew Brassia sells 184. No, it's just scroll up. The, the two top ones there. You, you had it on the screen. So a- Andrew Brassio sells 184,000 shares of 39.96. Good sell, have, man. Right, look, at the, look at the high. Thirty nine ninety nine and forty oh seven. Holy, this guy should be a day trader. <laughs> but you know, here he's selling one hundred eighty four thousand shares of the stock right before the earnings report. That's literally the day before they reported. So you know, and there's another you know, in, uh, chief technology wow. officer, only three thousand shares. Maybe these are sales that they sell all the time. You know, and there's always somebody going to be selling. We're not saying that they were doing anything funky. But no, no. The timing of that is incredible. But what you see is, you know, some of these directors are coming in as their stocks have went really high. You know, maybe this guy was saying what I was saying, 
before the report and it's like okay well we don't know you know obviously to keep the numbers you know very tight there and some of the directors aren't going to know that information but it's like there was risk to take that through the report it's like i'm going to lighten up a little bit here before the report because it's like going to be really high expectations going into this report so you know sometimes these things can be a tell all right, uh, S&Ps, we were talking about follow-through through Friday's high. 10.50, we got up there, 11.50's the high. So there, I mean, green skies ahead of that. Uh, if you look on the daily chart, I don't have a daily high until 32.48 and a quarter. That, that could be a nice target, maybe not for today, but later uh, in the week. Someone asked about work, and it's interesting to take a look at the technicals in this one. Now you you two to, two bucks off the low on Friday thirty fifty two and we talked about that no. thirty dollar level thirty forty two was uh, your May twenty seventh low so there's the line to sand I think that even if you get a pullback today I don't think you're going to get down to that thirty fifty two either I because you know people are like I missed the bottom I gotta buy I'm gonna buy you know I'm gonna buy at thirty one but you got a reference point. And also the other reference point here is the close. And it's just dance around the close. I think this thing, you know, will trade the daylights here. I mean, the best thing, if you're, you know, if you're looking for this to be a bottom, you want to trade the daylights out of this 32 handle today. And, you know, maybe dip to 3140, close, you know, 32 and a half or right in this area. But I, not going to get real excited until you take out that high from yesterday or Friday, which was 33.60. So uh, just a quick technical look and at uh, the earnings, how the stock reacted, and big volume on that day as well. So I don't think you're going to get to see that 30.56 or 30.52 low in work today. Somebody asked me about work too. Or multiple people asked me, but somebody asked me, do you like it at 30? And I just responded, yes, I do. Um, I think it didn't quite get to 30. I thought about buying the pullback and work. I really did. I didn't. Um, I, I like it. I, I, I'm not told. The one thing is the rotation's not in its favor right now because they've been selling all the stay-at-home stuff. But that rotation could turn. You got a significant pullback here. Um, it needs to hold that level, though. What I will say is, if I was buying it around 31 or 30, that's why yeah, I you don't say yeah. 30 bucks. You don't want to see it start taking out 30 because then you think, okay, well, this trade could turn ugly. Um, you know, keep an eye on Zoom too. Um, Zoom is holding up while well. the earnings report was fabulous. Like I said, that was one of the best earnings report. Kramer said it too. So that was one of the best earnings report he's ever seen. Fabulous. Valuation's just, you know, crazy though. It's high in work too. And that's the issue. So they're fighting two things right now. Work is fighting the, the rotation being away from the stay-at-home plays, which Slack is definitely a stay-at-home play. And the second thing is it's a little bit of a valuation issue where it's always, you know, been, you know, the growth, you know, is there still, but it wasn't blowing it out like Zoom was. So it's not surprising it pulled back. 30 is a big number. And uh, just this is a New York stock here. So I don't know how many people here have the New York open book, but you can see where the institutions are putting, you know, their orders. Maybe there's some institution, you know, hey, they missed the 3052 low. Maybe they're at 31 today. So there'll be some, uh, you know, some true orders in the book there. Keep an eye on those as well. Uh, someone thinks it might go to 34 today. Man, I, after that, first you got to get through 3360. Uh, that was the, yep, that was the high from yesterday. It's going to be choppy. It could see 34. I'd say Joel's giving you a good number. Let's see what does at the high, 3360. Yep. These things don't have to come back right away. Right away, right. Look, look at take two and nothing to do with it. But, you know, take two reported fabulous numbers, you know, fabulous numbers. It was really good. But the rotation 
made it, you know, come off and it sold off. It was 157. You won't see it on the charts. It was 157 after hours where everybody was diving in. And that was the top. And then it's pulled back. And, you know, it pulled back on the earnings day. And people are like, well, this is ridiculous. This company is firing on all cylinders. Even Kramer was saying, I'd be buying the pullback. Well, what's it done since? It's continued to pull back because the rotations continue to be out of favor for stay at home. So until you start seeing money significantly roll into the stay at home plays, the work could be a little bit of pressure on it until then. So rotation starts to come back into the stay at home plays. They start talking about cases going up. Work is going to be the way to play it. Yep. But um, we don't know. You still, like I've been arguing and I've been arguing this publicly. I've been arguing it with my friends is I think the COVID things on the back burner. I think you're going to see it going. We're seeing some numbers in Florida. We're seeing a few numbers come up, but people are outside. I don't care what it is. You know, like if you're outside, you're going to have less chance of getting sick than if you're inside with somebody that's sick because the air wind blows around, you know, the air is open. It's going to be better. So I, I, I tend to think that the sec, big second wave, I believe there is going to be a second wave, but I tend to think it's not going to come till September. And if that's the case, if you have two months of Long selling, time, yeah. this market will be at all-time high. So if the second wave comes earlier and, you know, Matt Kolb and, you know, some people have been arguing that, you know, Brazil, you look at Brazil and it's been hot there, although they're starting to come into their winter, so it's starting to cool off. But their cases have still went up significantly even in the summer. So, you know, you know there's people arguing that this could still be an issue this summer. A second wave might come earlier than you think. It's possible. Nobody knows. I'm just, you know thinking that it's not coming in the next week or two and, and then and then dennis second wave third wave fourth wave as long as they're not as bad as the first wave exactly this right. market is comfortable we've saw it already it's a sad thing to say but the market got itself comfortable with two thousand people dying a day it's comfortable with one hundred and six thousand deaths in the u.s so if the second wave isn't as bad as the first wave the stock market isn't going to get hit to the tune of 35 percent again you know, so it, it's tough when the market shrugs off. I never envisioned the market being able to shrug off you know, that many people dying and, you know, also all in the lockdown, but it did. So, and Anne Marie's right. They, the market investors are thinking that the Fed will come to the rescue no matter what. So even though, you know, individual people might die, that your capital markets are going to survive because the Fed is going to defend them no matter what. And they did it before. And this is, you know, it started, it wasn't just Powell. I mean, look at helicopter Ben. I mean, look back to the financial crisis and look at what happened. If the, if the Fed wouldn't have came to the rescue in the financial crisis in 2008, there would have been bank failures across the board. We were in a full, a full financial markets collapse and the Fed rescued the markets. So in the COVID case, it was never as bad as the financial crisis. I had speculated that it could be financial crisis part two, and I thought it might, and that's why I didn't want to buy the banks. And, you know, it's still not totally out of the woods, but looking pretty much like you're getting out of the woods from a financial crisis perspective. Um, but, you know, the financial crisis was dug out by printing money. Well, COVID was not nearly, you know, but it, it took a little bit of money to bail us out of this lockdown situation as well. So the market has, you know, many managers are saying, you know, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. And they've learned in this case that the Fed is going to bail out the market with free money, no matter what, they just turn on the printing presses. And, you know, that's why I can comfortably buy stocks, because even if my stocks go down, I know eventually they're coming back because of the Fed. 
right, real quick, I, I just want to look at Gilead real fast here. There was a report over the weekend from Bloomberg that they had been approached by AstraZeneca on a potential merger. Uh, both companies- AstraZeneca going to buy Gilead? Uh, a merger. Uh, so I don't it, know. Yeah, they, yeah, they combined Yeah. I mean, that was, that was the news. Yeah. So both companies declined comment, which you could interpret that either way. That could mean that this is serious and we're not commenting, or this is such a laughable thing that we're not commenting. Um, but that, that I, was, I highly doubt that occurred. That was the report. AZN had approached Gilead for a merger. So Gilead's up three, three bucks on this trade near an 80. This is just my opinion. Um, but I've been I've traded Gilead really well. I have no position on it right now, so I can freely talk about it. This is just my opinion on Gilead. I'd sell it. I would sell this pop with two hands because this is not the kind of stock I don't. You know, the last time when Disavere was getting positive data, it wasn't even popping. Gilead has had problems with growth for a long time. Yes, you know I like it back in the 60s, but it's been a big move now. Even the last three days was 72. Now it's up at 80 on a bogus rumor, in my opinion. I don't think there's no chance of merging with AstraZeneca. Maybe there is. I shouldn't say no chance. I think it's a very low chance, but I would not want to be buying Gilead up here at 79, 75 right now. I think the person buying at 79, 75 loses money, at least in the short term. My, my opinion. All right. Uh, Joel and I are going to hang out for a couple minutes extra just to sort of recap the stocks that we discussed on the show. So Dennis, if you want to dip out, by the way, Dennis, I really enjoyed uh, our, our afternoon show the, the other day. That's fine. Uh, it was uh, super spontaneous. The people in the chat were not having it. Yeah, I, what I, about I, that? I, I told I told them I told them Joe, Joel's unavailable. No, we're not going to do a, a three forty broadcast. They were not having wow. it. They demanded something. We have to have something. a show. The show must go on. Spencer. They demanded. We're it. always on. Do you realize like how many years? When is the last time that we took actually did not have a show? Did we miss one when uh, we did we have, the, uh, the traders convention? Yeah. We have definitely missed shows for our own events in the past. For our only our one, no, selfish, I think for selfish yeah. reasons. Well, that is, events. Dennis doesn't go anywhere, so he can. Yeah, always I know I can show. always come on the show. I just stay at home. I'm the <laughs> ultimate stay-at-home play. You're a stay-at-home play before there was. Stay at home. I, I, I invented stay-at-home, Joel. I invented stay-at-home. <laughs> yeah, I sometimes right. go weeks and I don't even see the daylight. I go outside and I'm like the sun. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I want to recap some stocks here we discussed in the in the last. Right, talk hour. to you a little bit, Dennis. I'm going to trade. I'll let you go. Okay. So uh, during the show, I've been making a little watch list here on Pro. These are some of the stocks that we've talked about here. Let's look at CCL, uh, Joel. This is a one. This is one that. Yeah, we wowzer, and there's no the specific chat. news. Yep, it's picking nope. up. Uh, first thing I like to do is I like to look uh, at the pre-market high and uh, trade. we faded a little bit off the pre-market high and then I'll just kind of go through the same exercise that uh, kind of helped me out with uh, American Airlines. Remember I was giving you that daily level yep. at uh, I believe 22.46. So first of all, your pre-market high for CCL comes in at 25.98, right? Did we get any better than that? So Huh, you're thinking 26. Is there a big seller at 26? And I'm looking on the dailies here and I don't see anything at 26. I see it's a gap fill from March 6. So, you know, 26 to 2610, you know, like don't get super excited if you clear 26 here. And then, well, now you're in the 20, you're in the, already in a 24 handle. I don't know. I think the high's in in this one. 
2475, right where you're trading right now. Uh, that was your high on March 9th. And then above that, I think you have a lot of trouble up near that pre-market high in the $26 handle. Uh, Royal Caribbean, let's see if that is fading too a little bit. Yeah, not as much. Royal Caribbean, you want to keep an eye on the pre-market high. It's 78.88. It hit that not once, but twice. What do we have here on the dailies? Do we have anything on the dailies there? Uh, no, you don't. You have an 80.56 close. Uh, that was a close on Mar. Oh, that's a ways away. No, 75.92. I don't know if I mentioned that. That was your high on March the 5th. So and that was kind of the same day that CCL did that. So 75.92, we're way off that pre-market high. I think that that holds up. NCLH, Norwegian, that's getting a bump too. That got up to, wow, 20, 26.89. Wow, I can't believe how this thing has gotten and uh, you're filling a little gap in there. Ooh, 26.55. So that was a gap down. All on March 6th was all this big action. So go look at your trading action from March 6th and March 9th if you're looking for levels here in the cruise lines. Uh, let's do one more here. Let's just let's, let's do Ford. As we discussed Ford, this earlier. holy yeah. mackerel. This is knocking on the door. Big old move, big old two-day move for Ford. I don't know where the paper's going to step in in this one, uh, but you got to think there's a mound of stock at eight bucks. Uh, you did get to seven ninety-nine, and that was at eight fifteen, and now you backed off. So, man, just look in your New York open books. Got to be a ton to sell there at eight bucks. So, I think I'm comfortable with calling that as major resistance today. Then on the daily charts, I mean, if you want to try and get it on the cheap, uh, the close from yet from Friday seven thirty four. Low, I don't think you're going to see that 702 low, but uh, first support re-level comes in at the close from Friday at 734. All right, that'll be it for us today. I want to thank our guest, Anne-Marie Band. Thanks to everyone in our chats, all three of them. Please remember to hit the like button and subscribe. That tells YouTube that we are alive and well, and it helps us with their mysterious algorithm and helps us, helps more people find our show. Uh, so please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. I want to remind you all about Benzinga Pro. It's our real-time news feed and research platform for a free two-week trial. Click on the link in the description of this video. You can always email us, premarket at benzinga.com. Uh, for Joel O'Connor and Dennis Dick, I'm Spencer Israel. Everyone have a great rest of your Monday. We'll be on with you in the afternoon for the close. Have a good one. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.